0: Hello everybody out there, uh, on this uh, beautiful Veterans Day, I thought I'd do another uh, um, podcast and it's just funny how it kind of ties in with veterans and shooting and guns and war and this happens to be a number, this episode on shooters classifications how we classify shooters so we know exactly where we are and where we stand. Uh, I'd like to start with a uh, quotation that I came w- came up with, and uh, it is, uh, The state of perfection requires no change. It just is, but it takes mental and physical change to reach perfection. And uh, for example, uh, It takes effort uh, and a change of status to form or draw a perfect circle without any mechanical help like a compass. Once drawn, though, it is a perfect circle and needs no change. Perfection has been attained. A compass draws a perfect circle every time. If you try to draw a circle by hand, a perfect circle that is, it's tough. You'll get a circle, but it'll be, you know, a little screwy. You'll form a circle, but not perfect. You'll try to do it fast, which kind of helps, but to draw a circle slowly is a real challenge. You know what I mean. A compass is a robotic exact movement. Actually, this may be a tough exercise. Try drawing a straight line, the length of a ruler, let's say about 12 inches. See how close you come to drawing a perfectly straight line. It's really hard to do, and even tougher to duplicate. It'll be a kind of a straight line, but it won't be as perfect as using a ruler. The same idea can be applied to shooting in general. It's a repetitive action, and more often than not, it is one of imperfection. A flawed action, if you will. To experience shooting perfection, let's say like 10 out of 10 or 50 out of 50 or even 100 out of 100 from any spot on the floor, will require changes in different degrees in shooting form or or mechanics. The shooting mechanism needs to be modified. The shooting mechanism can be broken down into two parts for clarification. The overall mechanism includes all the moving parts, which include major and minor joints and muscles from the toe raises, the knee bend, uh, hip flexion, elbow bend, wrist and finger extensions, etc. The immediate mechanism refers to the shoulder, elbow and wrist apparatus, which is made up of the finer muscles. Do I believe that one is more important than the other? Yes, I do. Uh, The overall mechanism helps deliver the strength and power to get the ball there But it is the immediate mechanism that is responsible for the accuracy factor Being strong doesn't mean you can be accurate There's, There's a combination of things when you're trying to make a putt in golf. You only use minor muscles and move as little as possible same principle with this in mind I have categorized players in four shooting compartments or categories or classifications. I call this my crystal ball theory, which fits players into the crystal ball for easier clarification of a shooter's status. The beauty of seeing into the crystal ball, so to speak, uh, reduces the mystery Involved because it adds awareness to the possible problems that a shooter may have. And then once shooting flaws are itemized and recognized, it helps create the clear picture we need and tells us from whence it came, where we presently stand and where we need to go. It is the same as the question of life. Who are we? Why are we here? Where are we going? Um, where did we come from? Why are we here? Where are we going? That's... Uh, we keep asking that, uh, and many, many still don't have the answer. That's the story uh, for another book, which I've got beyond uh, human. But anyhow, I'll let you know about that. Uh, it's amazing how influential just shooting a ball can become in the whole phase of life. Anyhow, uh, the uh, the four classifications of a shooter are the following. Uh, I'll have to say it slowly because it's kind of scientific. The first one uh, is having a genetic aberration or uh, an an anatomical anomaly. This is recognizing the problem. The second classification is cognitive deficiency, which is visualizing the deficiency. The third is behavioral dysfunction, which is internalizing the deficiency. And the fourth one is habitual inconsistency, which is harmonizing the effort. Great shooters are those that shoot above 90% from the line on a daily basis or whenever they want to. These rare individuals do not fit into any of the above classifications. While on the other hand, poor shooters could be in several classifications at the same time while average shooters may only fit into one classification. Let me use a great example that you may all be familiar with. My old friend Shaquille O'Neal or the great Aristotle as he sometimes refers to himself. He fits into, yep you guessed it, all four categories not only is his physical size abnormal but his bone structure is rigid and inflexible which by the way can be a plus sometimes because it allows for less movement i am rather inflexible and i think it helps <coughs> avoid that, that extra movement add to this a broken wrist in his younger days and you can see how the anatomical anomaly can apply uh, of course You will all question the size of his hands in relation to his free-throw shooting uh, problems. This is a common misconception since many other freaky tall centers, etc., were very good uh, free-throw shooters like Yao Ming, Arvidas Sabonis, Lamarcus Aldridge, who could all shoot into the 80s. So it's not a factor. It's not what the size of the body, it's what you do with the size. Also... Shaq was grossly deficient in his shooting IQ or his cognizance or comprehension of scientific shooting principles. While being in the above two categories, it really affected his mental and physical shooting behavior and subsequently his overall shooting mechanism was very flawed. Bear in mind that I was commissioned to help improve his numbers when they won their second NBA championship in 2001, 2000, 2001, or their back to back title, BAQ TO BAQ title, that's what they called it. Using my methods, some of which may be unconventional, Shaq improved from 39.3, actually 38.3, to 69.4 within the eight month season we worked together. My goal was to get him to shoot within the NBA average, which at that time was 713 or just about 72%. By the end of the year, the press or the media was not talking about Hacker Shack very much at all. In fact, it was all a hush-hush scenario. Lakers did not want to highlight or display the fact that they hired a shooting coach. After two initial months of work together, in his first game of the season... He went 0 for 11 on the line. Of course, all the cameras and uh, TV TVs would focus on me, unfortunately, showing the world that I was his shooting mentor. There he is. There's the guy that's helping Shaq shoot 0 for 11. As long as they did not fire me right then, I knew it would take time, especially with him. He's a unique project, but Shaq was not a normal student by any means. And I told him before we started that if I did not improve him, that his failure would uh, completely destroy my reputation. We worked late into the nights many times and strange hours. Change is not easy, but he put his shoulder to the grindstone. And believe it or not, the last game of the year against Denver, before we went into the playoffs, he went 13 for 13 from the line. Luck, you say? I think not. Nothing lucky about the path to greatness and perfection. The harder you work, the luckier you get. You've all heard that before. So, um, anyhow, the behavioral dysfunction in free throw shooting is a direct result of cognitive deficiency. And by this I mean that if you are unaware of any scientific mechanics or principles that directly result in inconsistent and inefficient shooting... Then what happens is you will shoot in a manner that feels anatomically out of alignment or out of whack. By this I mean a player shoots uh, <clears throat> with a ball above and even behind the head. They may shoot with the ball to the side of an ear, etc. And this is where the problem lies generally. There are as many different shots uh, or as there are fingerprints. We all shoot within our own comfort zone that we develop when we first start shooting and unfortunately this is where the mediocrity and problems occur. Just shooting naturally is not synchronized to perfection. Shooters are not born. Shooting is an unnatural and learned behavior. Otherwise there would be more naturally great shooters. And that, that, that's just not the case. Heck, there's only three to five NBA players in any given year that shoot 90% or above from the line for the season. How come a non-golfer, when he first attempts to hit a golf ball, finds it very difficult to even hit the ball? The golf swing is also unnatural and complicated, just like the basketball shot is. Uh, basketball shooting, uh, again, is a firm, educated formed and chiseled move, just like a golf swing or a military salute. These are not normal or natural movements. They are if you want mediocrity, but not if you seek mastery. Uh, They are mentally manufactured and manifested into the physical form or something that we can see, measure and identify in the feedback of the actual shot cycle. Habitual inconsistencies are a national epidemic, and until we realize our own classification and what can be done about it, then improvement could be very slow. These inconsistencies are a direct result of too much movement in the fingers, wrist, elbow, guide hand, in many cases, or potpourri of um, physical activity. And again, this is a direct result of lack of information or knowledge of scientific principles and natural laws which must be compromised or abused and definitely understood. Every shot needs to have some recognition and feedback to the shooter. I often say that the feedback of the shot, the missed shot, is could be your best coach if you know what to fix. If you are constantly short or short to the right then there's a reason for this result. If your misses are long off the back arm, then there's a reason for that as well. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. You've heard that. Isaac Newton, the scientist. Is it possible that Newton played ball since he came up with all these laws? Nah, not really. He made these laws well before uh, James Naismith arrived on the scene who invented the game of basketball. Once you know the results of your missed shots and how to correct them you will feel improvement after every shot this self-improvement or shot recognition leads to eventual personal shot mastery where you can control the destiny of each and every shot taken that's the key how great that feeling is when you know and don't use hope or faith or charity or prayer to make your shots like Carl Malone used to kind of pray before he'd shoot a free throw. The ball rewards you with one, two, or three on the scoreboard. That's your plus. One great drill for this is never miss two shots in a row from the same spot. Make the adjustment from the information the previous shot gave you. It really is that simple. It's like being a detective and solving a crime. Missing a shot can be considered a misdemeanor. Get it? Miss, M-I-S-S dash D-E-M-E-A-N-O-R. Get it? Sorry, the pun intended there, but that's like the mystery. Show me a man who cannot bother to do little things, and I'll show you a man who cannot be trusted to do big things. And that was uh, uh, written by Lawrence... Bell he was the author of that last quote, anyhow, uh I think we need to know if we're wherever we're going we need to know where we came from, so hopefully this enlightens you in a little bit uh each time we'll add one thing and uh again i'm I just tickled to death with this uh capacity to to do podcasts, and I'll see you on the other side, maybe on another court. take care.